Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Broly Love in the District. Tristan here, along with Jacob. And Jacob, you want to tell them what we're going to get into? Yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about week four and five of the NFL going on into baseball. It is playoff season, so we're going to talk about um, all the wild card matchups, talk about how we think the season ended, and finally going into hockey. Preseason is wrapping up, and the um, regular season starts next week, I believe, so let's get right into next it. Next Wednesday. But... Yeah, so starting out with this week, obviously uh, we had week four football go on. We still have no bye weeks, so everyone played Washington in another interdivisional matchup. And let's talk about that game first, since that was one of the uh, first ones to go on. So Washington falls to the Cowboys 25-10 to in Dallas, I believe, correct? Yep. So they fall in Dallas. What's your uh, what's your takeaway? I'm looking at the stats here. It didn't look like a great game for anyone involved. No, um, I think overall it's be another shame performance if we're looking at it. Um, Carson Wentz didn't really play great by any stretch of the means, but it's not like we're putting him in a good position with our offensive line because our O line is horrible, and we let Eric Flowers go. Brandon Sheriff went. I did hear report that we did offer to make him the highest paid right guard in football, but that didn't happen. The guys we brought in, like Trey Turner, just haven't been playing good at all. They've been playing pretty bad. So I don't know what's going on with the coaching or anything about that group, but they're playing like crap, and because of that, it's hard. It's pretty hard to get the run game going. I mean, we there's actually. It was a sort of decent game with running, but we didn't have enough time, and we were always playing from behind, so we couldn't really get going, anything going passing. Um, we didn't get sacked a lot, but he was Carson Wentz was still rushed. He had a nice touchdown pass to Jahan Dodson, but he's going to be Rich, out for the next one to two week weeks. That sucks. That pass was beautiful. I, that's I that was placed right in the breadbasket. I mean, if... Our offensive line played like it did last year. Nobody would be complaining about Carson Wentz. Like, he's not playing great. His pocket presence stinks. But we knew coming in that he's not going to be the kind of player who's going to run around in the pocket. So I don't know what we're expecting. So it's, it's another bad performance. And the front office, I mean... They have to be blamed as well for the personnel we brought in or their lack, the personnel we lack to bring in. And then to top it all off, Dan Schneider on the commander's Instagram posted a picture with him and Jerry Jones. Really? Really? Dallas week, you're posting a picture with Jerry Jones and hanging out with him. I, I love how just... I don't understand. I seriously don't understand that because that makes so many Washington fans mad. We're supposed to be rivals, but you're playing all goody-goody with them. I, I I, typically don't wish, like, bad things to happen on a person, but I really hope Schneider's forced to sell the team. 
And that's not even a bad thing. He's going to retire with $4 billion or however much it's worth nowadays. We're a, we're a bottom three team in the league. There's no other way to saying that. I mean... You, in the Now, I know power rankings are opinionated, and depending on who you read, you get different ones, but Washington is ranked number 29, and I feel... I can't disagree with that. I felt at the beginning of the season, Washington should have been better. I do think injuries are playing a huge role. Obviously, with your offensive line banged up, that's that's a huge issue. Now, Carson Wentz didn't take that many sacks. He... 11 total QB hits, which, I mean, that's not ideal but that's not terrible especially when you know you look at the eagles game and he got hit i think 17 times so if when you're looking when you're looking at that compared to other games it's not terrible but yeah carson wentz just didn't perform 170 yards but they also made him pass the ball a lot 42 times didn't perform simple as that our team failed at every single level whether it's the coaching or the individual playing we just did not play good enough i mean looking before the season i was looking at a sketch like okay i think that's going to be an easy game that should be that should be a game we should win now i don't think we can say that for any team even when we face the texans you can't really say oh that's an easy win game um looking into next week um i mean the titans they they been very disappointing this season but compared to us we cannot say that oh i think washington is going to win because i don't think that's within the realm of possibility taking into account our last or previous performances because offensive line yes injuries have helped but even when those guys were healthy they simply were not performing in the big big games against blitzing teams yes we had a good half here and there um we had a good second half against the Lions, but if we look at it in total, it's taken a significant step back. Our defense is still, I mean, it's being carried by Cam Crow, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen. Simple as that. Um, it's getting to the point where I think William Jackson needs to be benched, and I think we may have to start like putting Kendall Floor on the hot seat. And what I mean is, say all the coaching staff leaves and we get in, our GM starts to actually do work, we get in a new coach, we may kind of clear house of those kind of players and try and get some draft picks and kind of rebuild this team. Because if we look at it, the supposed strength of our team was it looked like we had a pretty good like start, like starters, but it's just... The depth isn't there. The depth isn't there, and even our starters really aren't playing up to what was advertised or what we thought i personally thought we we're going to be better um looking back on it i don't know why i didn't see right through that um for washington fans we don't really get anything nice you're yeah, it's just an overall bad game um, you're uh it's not like the cowboys offense lit us up cooper rush was 15 for 27 223 yards two touchdowns they were very balanced they kept yeah. you guys honest which is what you want to see in a team and I mean, it's not really like Washington has the what's they don't have the privilege of being able to do that because one, yeah. your offensive line is banged up, so you're not really getting push from the offensive line. Secondly, Antonio Gibson, they have seen struggles with his fumbling up to this point like in his career. 
he's not a natural runner. That's yes, problem. but Brian Robinson has been cleared for contact, so yeah, he should. I'm looking forward to that. If he if he doesn't come back this week, he should be this back weekend. by next week. Yeah. So he should be back relatively soon, which will give you guys that natural runner and that natural running back, which should make yeah. it a little bit easier on the offense and make it a little bit easier on Antonio Gibson. Because I mean, the team, the game wasn't very balanced for. The commanders, you guys. No, we threw you, the ball forty-two times. But you guys got a lot of offensive plays. You just didn't get a lot of yeah, conversions. A lot of players caught the ball, but we need to be getting Terry McLaurin involved a lot earlier. He didn't really get involved in this game. Um, I've again, noticed Terry McLaurin's kind of been like an outside player in this season. Yeah, but that's like the game. He's had some decent games where he's gotten a lot of yards in a short amount of time. I think, I mean, I think that's down to Carson Wentz. Um, I, Carson Wentz seeing that Dotson and Curtis Samuel were open because I think a defense is still going to try and key in on that key player um, in Terry McLaurin. So I don't think it's, I think it's the offense as a whole has failed pretty much since week two. I don't think we can really pin it on Terry McLaurin saying he's having a bad season. The team's having a bad season, and I just think it's showing. Um, the only person I guess you could say, like statistically, maybe is having a great season is John Dodson. He's tied for the league lead in touchdown passes with Stephon Diggs. He's not in yards, but we're gonna, be, we're gonna definitely miss him. Um, I still believe in this wide receiver core. I think with the offensive line we had last year this would be a very good pass attack but we just don't see that and I think Scott Turner is I don't think he's that great an offensive coordinator currently I think we've seen it in the past his lack of um, I'm trying to think of a word his lack of creativity in the offense in the past years has been a little evident and I think without a good offensive line I think he's kind of He's struggling as to what to call. And I think a lot of, to be fair to him, I think a lot of offensive coordinators would, but I just think it's plain that this coaching staff is not ready. Ready? Because if we look in, like in the past games, we're calling like seven-step drops. I mean, for one, we're running Carson Wentz in an empty backfield, and that's something I don't think we should be doing. We should always be giving him a running back as for a passing option, and we're just not getting that. He's, I will say one thing he has really improved on from the time that I saw him as an Eagle and even a little bit as a Colt last season to now is he has learned how to check down a lot more. Yeah, now, I, that's, that, that's I, positive, I can't say... I can't say I've seen as much as you have this season. Obviously, since the Eagles and the Commanders are on the East Coast, they play at the same time a lot. So I only get to see little bits and pieces of the game, but I can't attest to it as much as you can. But I feel like he has definitely improved on his checkdown ability as opposed to just trying to be a big play guy and try to make the play longer than it should be. Because even if, if you don't watch football as much as you know, a lot of other people do, even those, those two to three yard plays, the ones where they run it right up the gut. And people ask me all the time, you know, why do they do that? Don't they know there's, that's where everyone is. Those are the biggest plays of the game, because when you're chipping out little pieces of the defense like that, even if it's just two, three plays at a time, that's what tires the defense out. So, I mean, with his ability to learn how to check down, that's huge improvement for him. It's 
Like, that is an improvement, but I think we're still asking too much of him. We're asking him to run around the pocket um, and try and make these plays. Yes, our wide receiver core is probably on paper, and we've seen from the games we've actually somewhat succeeded. I think it could be one of the best in terms of all three guys could get the ball at any time and can do something with it. That's hard to say for a lot of other wide receiver groups, but our offensive line isn't there. We're lacking that real, true running option, and I think we've seen that because passed the ball 42 times um, this week. And, yeah, I just think as offense as a whole, I mean, you win as a team, and we've certainly lost as a team. I just think there's a lot, lot to be worked on. I don't think we should pull him because I think Heineke, yes, you're going to get better running from maybe like the collapsing pocket, but again, he will never be able to make the throws that Carson went. So when you do get the odd protection, he's, I mean, you're still limited with his arm, so it's going to be a lot of shorter plays, kind of like we saw last season in our offense last season. Stunk. It just wasn't good because we were predictable. We just weren't great at all. So yeah, I just think it's a tough situation for the whole team. I'm not at the point where I'm like, oh, pull Wentz, just put in Hal or something like that. I think we could possibly improve. I think there's I think, still a chance to salvage the season. Yeah, I think a lot of players are going to need to step up. The coaching staff is really going to need to work with the offensive line because we just, I, just, I think we just need a few seconds. Like We need to limit the amount of times he's rushing with Brian Robinson coming back. Mm-hmm. He's going to be able to do a lot more with a lot smaller gaps, as you say, Gibson can. And he's we saw in the preseason, he's powerful. He can burst through the gaps. He can he can juke. He can stiff arm. He looks like a genuine runner. And we saw from the first game, Antonio Gibson can be that gadget guy. I still think this offense can be good, but, it, but I think a lot of it comes down to the play calling and the play of, of the offensive line because... We know what Carson Wentz is at this point in his career. We cannot ask him to, like, establish this amazing pocket presence like Aaron Rodgers or these more mobile quarterbacks. We simply cannot do that, and it's unrealistic to do so. So, yeah, I, I know, Tristan. Um, I was, I mean, I wasn't expecting much, but I was still pretty disappointed in them, and obviously I'm disappointed in how what Dan Schneider has done. I mean, this rivalry... I don't think you can really call it a rivalry. Yes, you can because of the history, but if you were looking at it currently, it's it's been like a, it's been a one-sided beating. I I think there's just a lot of missing pieces right now uh, yeah. for Washington. Now, I feel you know maybe if your offensive line heals up a bit now. This is, I know, you know, the Eagles and Washington aren't the same team, but last season, you saw the Eagles struggle mightily in the first half of the season, and then they flipped it around in the second half. Now, let me, I want to pull up the uh, the Washington schedule real quick, because one of the big reasons Philly was even able to do something last season was because of their schedule. When they flipped, they had one of the easiest remaining schedules, in but... Washington, we have, like... It's it's tied for the easiest schedule in the season, yeah. but that's so, that's also based off of last season. I mean, you look at the teams, and every team got a little bit better. So even while yes, you technically have one of the easiest schedules of the season, it's also you know you're playing a 
like the Jaguars, they definitely got better. I mean, they, despite this past week, they they look like a really good team. Then you got who who else? So the Packers, the Colts. The Colts actually look like they fell off a little bit. But the Vikings, they look like they got better. Obviously, the Eagles got better. The Texans, I still I think their team is decent. I still don't think they're going to be the worst team. You guys got the Bears this season. The Giants, two week two weeks in a not two weeks in a row, but. You have your, the Giants a bye week and then the Giants again. The Giants definitely got better. They have a really good defense. And Saquon, if if Saquon is not fully back, then that's scary. I mean, he definitely looks like he's fully back. And if he he's not, if he's doing this at, you know, 80%, imagine what he's doing if he's still, if he's still not, or if he can still get to another 100%. So the 49ers, another good team. They just beat the Rams with Jimmy G. Uh, than the Browns and Cowboys, I mean. So you guys certainly don't have an, a super easy schedule, but it is it's one of the easier. It's not that hard, though. It's, it's not that hard, but also, I mean, just through four weeks, I think the Packers, I think they – I think you guys have the benefit of playing the Packers earlier in the season because I don't think that they've really, you know – amounted to anything yet Aaron Rodgers I don't think likes his wide receivers at all and we're still gonna lose to him. they have to run the ball a lot so yeah. that could benefit you but their we're teams got better it's them, it yes I don't think it's gonna be it's not gonna be an easy road I mean last season the Eagles through their last nine games had like seven teams under 500 so that you I don't think you guys are gonna be have the benefit of that especially through four games giants are three and one cowboys are three and one the bears are two and two i believe the packers are two and two no they're three and one they just beat the patriots in overtime eagles four and oh texans are oh three and one but they still you know they gave the chargers a battle they're not looking too terrible the falcons are two and two so i mean i wouldn't count I wouldn't say that's like you guys are really benefiting from the schedule, but it's also st still early. We're only through a quarter of the schedule. Now, talking about that, going over to the Eagles, or is that all you have for the Washington game? Pretty much. I don't really have anything to add. I mean, except for Cooper Rush, you know, really filling in well for Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott apparently tried to come back. He's not quite he's ready not to. Ready. Yeah, he's not he quite ready to go. Ball, so he's not quite ready to go. But I mean. I think Cooper Rush is playing really well, and I think he just, you know, exposed the secondary for what it is for you guys. Now, going over to the Eagles game, this was a very sloppy game. Uh, they, it was raining the entire game, not just to start out. It was raining the entire game. The remnants from Hurricane Ian hitting the East Coast, so they were playing in that. But the Eagles still took down the Jags, twenty-nine to twenty-one. Now. I have to say, at the beginning of the game, when they went down 14 to nothing, I was getting nervous. I was really scared. Uh, Jalen Hurts threw that pick six, and they drove down the field. Jamal Agnew scored. I was getting scared. But I think, you know, once once the Eagles finally settled in, they changed it up. I think Sirianni, I talked a little bit about on our predictions uh, YouTube video. I think Nick Sirianni might be the... Not easiest going, but one of the least unself, one of the most unselfish coaches in the league, just because of the way that he is willing to change his his view of a game. 
And, I mean, you saw it last season when they were trying to pass the ball and it wasn't working, and then halfway through the season they switched to the run and changed the outcome of the season. And then in this game, so every coach, a lot of coaches have what they have is the first 15, where no matter what happens, you have the first 15 plays you're going to run. After after Jalen Hurts threw that pick, he changed it up, and they focused on the run because obviously in rain, Throwing the ball is not easy. I mean, as a receiver, as a quarterback, even as a center, you're freaking out with the ball. Yeah. So the offense was looking a little bit scary. But then afterwards, I'd say after the first quarter, the Eagles dominated the Jaguars. They dominated in time of possession, which was the big thing, because going into this game, Jaguars were second in time of possession in the league. So we dominated them in time of possession, 40 minutes to 20 they ran the ball down the Jaguars' throat, and I think that was the biggest story of the game. Miles Sanders with 130 yards and two touchdowns on 27 carries, plus another two touches uh, through the air. So, what I think I think that says something big for the coaches because you know, as much as they look like they love Kenneth Gainwell, they really used Miles Sanders a lot in one of the hardest situations in the rain, in the cold, not the easiest to grip the ball. And he did good. He didn't fumble once. He ran hard, ran between the tackles. And as of right, I haven't heard anything, but one of his biggest things through his career has been injuries. And even after that workhorse game, I haven't heard anything about him being injured. So, I mean, yeah. he's he put up a really good game in that week, which actually bumped him up to third in rushing on the season uh, in, in the NFL. Eagles have... The Eagles have a player in the top five in passing, rushing, and receiving. Jalen Hurts is number five in passing. Miles Sanders is number three in rushing. And A.J. Brown is number three in receiving. So the I would say after this game, I going into this game, the Eagles were three now, obviously. I, was, I wasn't ready to jump on the hype train yet. I think I'm just about there now. Just the and the only reason is because the Jaguars are a decent team. I don't care what you say. Trevor Lawrence looks really good, but and they are working the offense around the possession and holding the ball. And the their defense is a speed defense. Their defense looks good. They were first in running def, rush defense going into this game, and the Eagles ran the ball down their throats. So yeah. I mean it's. This game actually gets me on the hype train and makes me excited. And I think the Eagles might. I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I don't want to put that out there. And maybe they don't make it past the second round of the playoffs. But as of right now, I will say that they are a real team in the NFC. And I would even venture to say right now that they are the best team in the NFC. I'm I'm sure that's a little bit getting ahead of myself. But I think that game really proves it for me. Your versatility. I mean, you've shown that your defense, um, it's gotten down, it got down in this game, but at the end of the game, Trevor Lawrence only had 11 completions. Um, the highest rusher only had 32 yards for the Jags, so that's very good after the you limited, limited them to only one score after the first quarter, so that's very good. You answered back in the second quarter with 20 points after they scored 14. And throughout your first four games, you've shown the versatility of your offense. You can run the ball. Jalen Hurts can run the ball. He's shown that he can pass. So you can take all the opportunities that are given to you. And that, and that's why I think it's not 
too crazy to venture to say that right now they could possibly be one of the best, if not the best, team in the NFC because, well, the Rams haven't really looked all that good. Yeah, the Rams look rough, especially against the 49ers. Yeah, um, Matthew Stafford isn't looking great. Um, the Packers are looking a little iffy. I think yeah, I honestly think the 49ers, the 49ers might look better off with Jimmy Garoppolo than uh, over Trey Lance. I think they do because I think Trey Lance is still green and he's still he's still pretty unexperienced. And we saw that they couldn't really score while he was in. Devo Samuel wasn't really getting the ball as much as he probably should have. Yeah. So, big player form which i'm excited about that for fantasy drafted devo a couple times I did too, yeah so i'm, I'm one of the worst teams when in the when i saw jimmy g uh coming back in i i was real excited when i was like oh let's go jimmy g's coming back because i know how much he loves devo uh i yeah, did but the eagles are i think they're a very good team you've shown that you can do it defensively and offensively i so wanted i think they're a tough matchup. I wanted to touch on a couple more things on the offense and then i just want wanted to talk about the defense for a little bit couple things well one did you see i don't know if they if you saw this play did you see the play where i th believe it was a third down it was a third down or a fourth down they needed a first down and they ran a slant to aj brown and i don't know who is in coverage on him but they threw the ball aj brown had the ball in his grasp and like tried to wrestle it away and whoever the corner was came in and punched it out on aj brown that which i just had to say like that play alone was insane for the jaguars that was a beautiful play for them uh but a couple things i want to touch on the offense was one the pick six J that should not have been the read that jalen hurts went with yeah, uh the it was, it was easy for the safety to jump it and take it the other way there was i believe there was a check down right there on the sideline for a couple yards which like i just said with the washington game those little nitty-gritty yards, the two, three-yard plays, those are still huge in a game, whether they go for anything or not. Uh, but that shouldn't have been the read. So aside from that, I'd say Jalen Hurts played a pretty decent game, especially since, you know, mostly all he had to do was this and just hand the ball off. So playing a Jimmy G-type offense. But, I mean, the offensive line, I want to talk about the offensive line because the offensive line was doing an insane job resetting the line. Now, if you don't know what resetting the line is, like. if you don't know what resetting the line of scrimmage is, that's when the offensive line gets such a good push that they're making the line of scrimmage looks like it's another one, two, three yards forward. So the offensive line was getting a huge push. I mean, like I said, Miles Sanders had a great day. Kenneth Gainwell went five for nineteen and a touchdown. Tra even Trey Sermon made an appearance. Now. Do you know, real quick? Do you know where Trey Sermon went to Ohio or went to college? I just told you where he went to college. Oh, I'm guessing it's somewhere in Ohio. Ohio State. So, Trey Sermon playing in the uh, Big Ten Championship two years ago against Northwestern. Now, if you guys don't watch college football, Ohio State's in the Big Ten. Big Ten football is pound the ball down with the run. Just run the ball com consistently. Now, obviously. Football's changing. Teams are trying to get away from that a little bit more, go more pass-heavy. But they were playing – Ohio State was playing Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship, and Ohio State couldn't pass the ball to save their lives. Trey Sermon came in, had over 200 yards in, like, 30 carries for Ohio State. They ended up winning the game. I think he had three touchdowns too. Just 
ran the offense through him, put up great numbers, got drafted by the by the 49ers last year and didn't turn out to do anything. But Eagles just signed him. He's more of a power back. Two carries for 19 yards. Had a big 14-yard rush. And what was funny was when I saw him come out, I saw 34 in the backfield. I was like, who is this dude? And why is he in the game? Like, it's a second down and 10. And then they handed the ball off. I was like, oh, yeah, keep doing that. You're doing good. Because, I mean, he ran for 14 yards on his first rush. So he looked good when he came out for the little bits that he did. And, I mean, the rushing offense was just there, which opens up to me. I mean, I wonder if the Eagles are going to try to move a little bit more balanced now because they saw that Miles Sanders can handle the workload. Jalen Hurts ran the ball quite a bit more in this game, but I think that was a factor of the rain. So I want to I wanna see if this opens up more of a balanced offense because I think if the Eagles go more balanced, they're going to dominate even more than they do, which they're going to need to do because when they start running into these coaches who have, you know, played in the playoffs and have seen these type of offenses, you know, like the Andy Reid of the world and the Todd Bowles of the world who's taken over in uh, – Tampa I mean those defensive mind Andy Reid's not really a defensive mind but the coaches who have those who have the experience they're going to be able to shut that down so I want to see if they try to move more balance to maybe change it up a little bit which is going to be interesting to see but I mean overall offensively after the first quarter they dominated the they dominated the Jaguars and there is something about this team in the second quarter because again they scored 20 points in the second quarter uh in this game so they love their second quarter. Now, going to the defense. Oh, and their offense was doing all of that without their starting left tackle. On that pick six, had Jalen Hurts checked it down, Mylotta took an injury on that pick six. He was trying to chase down the safety, make a tackle, and when he did, he landed weirdly on his shoulder, and he was out for the rest of the game. They don't know if he's going to be back for this week. It's really just a matter of going out for warm-ups and going and seeing how it feels on his shoulder, you know, if it's play playable through pain. So they're not sure if he's going to be back, but that was with a guard playing tackle and a guy who doesn't play tackle, left tackle much. He's actually more trained at right tackle playing left tackle, and he looked good. I mean, they didn't call his name out neg negatively at all in a game because usually when you're calling out a lineman's name, it's usually negative. So they didn't call his name out much, which was good to see. But the other thing that I wanted to go to was the defense. Now, they had five takeaways in that game and four sacks. Yeah, very good game. Hassan Reddick is loving being back in Philly. He has three forced fumbles in the past two games. He loves being in Philadelphia. So and he, has, and he had two sacks that game. Yeah, so I mean he is flying around right now. So Hassan Reddick was a big uh a big addition. A couple of the fumble now a couple of the takeaways, one of them I know for a fact was Trey Lance, or Trey Lance, excuse me, Trevor Lawrence trying trying to get out of the pocket, and as he was running, the ball just slipped out of his hand. Like there was nothing he could have done. So the ball just the ball just slipped out of his hand, which we ended up recovering the fumble. Now that is a takeaway, but that's not really something our defense you know caused. But other than that, they they're they're playing the defense is playing really well. And this was another game where this is another factor where they didn't have their starting players. Darius Slay went out at the start of the game with a forearm injury and he didn't come back so they didn't have one of their their best safety not just one of their starting outside safeties their best safety they didn't yeah they didn't or corner yes excuse me i'm sorry uh 
And then Avante Maddox, who's their starting slot corner, he was also out. They had to start Josiah Scott. And that's another guy who they weren't, they're not really yet comfortable having in there. Him and Zach McPherson, who went in for Slay. Two guys who they don't exactly have, aren't exactly comfortable with starting in the secondary. And they did a really good job of, you know, playing well and holding in the fort. They're, Jamal Agnew had a really good double move, and it should have been a touchdown. And had he scored that touchdown, it would have been 21 nothing. And maybe that changes the outcome of this game. But other than that, I mean, the defense played well. Uh, yeah. And I'm the last thing I was just going to say was mention was uh, Jake Elliott going down with an injury. Looks like he's not going to start next week. He's not going to play next week. They They brought in a kicker, so they're working him out this week. But Jake Elliott got hit with a uh, on a roughing the kicker call. He w- and they ended up going for it a little bit later on fourth down with to try to extend the drive and score a touchdown. And everyone was saying, "Oh, why'd you go for it here? Why'd you go for it here?" And I think one of the big reasons was because Jake Elliott got hurt and they didn't want to risk it, especially in the rain because I mean, think you're he took a roll he took someone rolling all his on his ankle on his plant foot which isn't good. Then you add in the rain. So I think it was just a matter of, you know, let's try to give our kicker a little bit of a break. We have a big, they went for two. That's what it was. They went for two to make it a, it would have been a 17 point game. So they, it would have been a three, three possession game, which would have been big, but they went for two and they didn't get it, which again, I think it was just a factor of, you know, trying to keep Jake Elliott out of the game and risk, keep him from risking further injury. So, but it looks like he's not going to play, and it looks like they're bringing in a new kicker, which is unfortunate because Elliott has been kicking really well. Aside from that season where they went 4-11-1, he came back out last season and bounced back. He's kicking again really well this season. you guys could bring in. Blew it. Yeah, or Dustin Hopkins. They, uh, oh, I'll actually pull up who they brought in. I, I'm not exactly sure. How, how unfortunate of a name, but um, what it's was like, the can reaction pick it? to Doug Peterson? He got cheered. I, I, which okay, I don't. You guys went in level headed. I, I, I don't. I don't remember if I said that they would cheer or if you did. I thought they would boo because I thought. Then I thought they would cheer. Those fans would be like not going level headed. I, I mean, he brought them a Super Bowl, and I yeah. think it was you more. Can't blame me for thinking Philly fans were going to be a little rash. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been surprised if they booed him. But I mean, the reason that they, I think the big reason they didn't boo him was, uh, they, one, he brought him a Super Bowl, but also, at the end of the four eleven and one season, he didn't. There was no animosity towards each other. At the end of the season, they, Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson looked at each other and they're like, "Look, obviously this isn't working," and they both did. They both agreed to. Uh, they both agreed to go back and go their yeah, ways. go their separate ways and let Doug Peterson walk off. So, uh, oh, and the guy they signed, oh, you're you're gonna like this, Dicker the kicker, Cameron Dicker. <laughs> uh, Why do kickers have such? <laughs> you're one to talk. You got cheese, man, mayo, <laughs> wild Ooh, goose. Man is actually a long snapper, and do you remember we actually drafted? Rashad, Rashad Wild Goose. Nothing. Nothing beats that. Nothing beats Rashad Wild Goose. Yeah, that that sounds like a dish. Wild Goose. So, uh, back. So, this was 
a while ago. This this was when I was way younger, but there was a there was a year Penn State used to have this kicker. His name was Sam Ficken. And the we we went to my cousin's house and we're watching the Penn State game and Sam Ficken k- kicks a field goal and I just stand in the back and I go, "It's Ficken good." <laughs> uh so but yeah, I mean kickers do sometimes have some pretty funny names. But yeah, I I do love I do love a good last name. So they signed Cameron Dicker to the practice squad who I believe he was with the I believe he was with the Ravens. They let him play in the last game of the Ravens preseason, let Justin Tucker take a seat for a little bit, but they ended up releasing him obviously because they have the best kicker in football. So why do you need him? I think he started out with the Rams. So He's got some NFL experience under his belt, but I don't think he's kicked in a real, real game yet. So it'll be interesting to see. And it says here that Jake Elliott is likely to be out, which means he should be back. Even if it's not after this, even if it's not this week, he should be back the next week. So not anything to be too worried about. Uh, other than that, i trying to think of uh, any other big things from the NFL. Did you see... Oh. We t- we talked a little bit about this on the predictions one. The uh, Bailey Zappi, who leads FBS history in uh, with yards and touchdowns with six thousand and sixty two yeah. from last season, made like made an NFL appearance. Now they switch more to the run, but he gave Aaron Rodgers a run for his money, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah. And then uh, the Zappy. yeah Bailey Zappi. And then, obviously, the J.J. Watt thing, which if you guys didn't hear about that, J.J. Watt, on Wednesday, you know, his heart stops, and they have to bring him back with a defibrillator. And then on Thursday, he's like, yeah, I'm playing on Sunday. What do you mean? um, If I was J.J. Watt, I'd take a step back. Like I said before, healthy hearts don't just stop beating for no reason. Yeah, so... uh, You need to look into that. And Oh, and Saquon Barkley running the Wildcat. I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be like this week. Oh, yeah, I believe. So they brought in, I saw they brought in Jake Fromm and oh, yeah. A.J. McCarron, which if you oh, recall. That's I, a name I haven't heard in a while. I know you're not a big, I know you're not a big, uh, a big college football fan, but. No, he did play for Penn State. No, he didn't. I believe he, I, I want to say he, I want to say he went to an SEC school. I'll look it up here in a sec, but, uh. Let's see. He, But what I was going to say was he won the Heisman. I want to say he went to Oklahoma, which is actually Big 12, not... I want to say he went to a school where it's, like, crimson. Alabama. Oh, he did? I was going to say Alabama, but I didn't... That, yeah, I remember he went to... I don't know why I thought Penn State, but he finished second in the Heisman in 2013. He won the Heisman one year, I thought. He finished second in 2013. 2014 was on it. 12 was Tebow. All right, so I guess I was, I guess I saw that wrong. But uh, yeah, so they brought in, they bring in AJ McCarron and Jake Fromm. And Jake Fromm played last Jake season against. Jake Jake Fromm played last season against the Eagles. Not the move. He did not play well at all. So. They're they're in trouble right now, especially since Danny Dimes looks like he's making a return. Uh, but other than that, I think that is. You got anything else for NFL? Well, the next week's matchups. 
Oh, yeah, we forgot to talk about those, so yeah, let's get into this. Uh, um, spoiler, we're going to lose the Titans. I was going to say, I think I'm going with the Titans yeah. winning. Yeah, the Titans, they got three or four sacks against what is a very good offensive line for the Colts, so one plus one, I just don't think that's going to go well, and um, Derrick Henry is starting to look like the Derrick Henry of the last two seasons, so that's obviously going to be a problem. And yeah, I do not trust our team, so I think that's, I mean, they're favored away against us. That's not that, not that good looking. Actually, us. let's, uh, oh, let's see. I wanted to see if they did anything with J.J. Watt. I was looking up on that, but uh, yeah, the injuries. The I I think that the Titans are gonna win. I think your secondary. I think this is the one time your secondary might actually have a leg up on. Yeah, but and that's not very hard because I think the Titans. They're the Titans wide receivers are terrible now. They they the wide receivers are terrible. So I think you guys they might look like all pros against us. J.J. Watt questionable as of yesterday in a limited yeah, limited capacity practice. Yeah, I wouldn't. If I was the Cardinals coaching staff, I wouldn't be playing. It's That's not even why he's questionable. He's questionable for a calf. So they're just going to gloss over the heart? I get. Which, I mean, when I look at, when I look at these, like, I really, I rarely, rarely, uh, really pay attention to questionables because I, a lot of you as a nfl player you get dinged up and all that stuff every week it's, it's just something i've honestly learned it from fantasy mostly is if a player is questionable they're 99 percent likely playing so they uh i've really stopped looking at the questionables uh but the anyway yeah I, th I think the titans are gonna win this one just from derrick henry alone i mean they also have taylor lewan on their to anchor their offensive line which is the average it's not it's i'd say they're middle of the pack it's not one that you know is hearing is killing t ryan Tannehill every week like the Bengals' offensive line is doing to joe burrow but it's also not one that's you know like the eagles where you're hearing is the best every week so not to pat myself on the back but, but uh, uh i mean it's not like i did anything jeff stoutland is just a beast uh it's all on you it's all your fault you should be ashamed of but i i do think the titans are gonna pull this one out just from derrick henry especially with carson wentz now missing his favorite target yeah it's gonna it's gonna be an ugly game i have a pretty good feeling about that uh Going to oh I wanted to look at I want to look at the because ESPN pulls up will give you like their odds and stuff through. I'm pretty sure the Titans are three and a half point favorites. The last time I heard about it. Let's see. Uh, while I'm pulling that up real quick, did you want to? Uh, we'll talk about the Eagles game a little bit. I oh here here we go. This one so. Uh. According to ESPN's Football Power Index, Washington is 57.9% favorites to, or predicted to win the game. But uh, from what is 
this spread that I see from where is this? This says Pick Center. I don't know where that's from, but uh, this says that the Titans are point and a half favorites. Yeah, I've heard of something like that, but uh, yeah. But going into the Eagles game, I think this is a game you should win and end the Cooper Rush mania crap. Because I just think they're off. They're not. They're playing the Cardinals. No, you. No, they're playing the Cardinals. I know they're playing. Oh, yeah, I know why they're so they're playing at four thirty against the Cardinals yeah, in Arizona. I think you guys going to win. I think it could be a little bit of a tough matchup, but if you're looking at how your defense compares to their offense, you have enough to be able to shut them down, and their defense doesn't have enough to limit your offense. If okay, if I'm so, I think I feel way too confident about this game. I more than I feel more confident than I should I think because Kyler Murray scares me. Uh, that that's really the biggest thing. I like our secondary against their wide receivers. They really only have Marquise Brown at wide out. AJ and Green might so they good. might have AJ Green coming back. Uh, but I like I like our secondary against their wide receivers. Kyler Murray scares me a bit because we do not have a very fast D line. Our D line is kind of kind of older, uh, but the way they've been playing lately, I hope they uh, I hope they you know mm, yeah, do good against the them. Cardinals have had a lot of questionable questionable performances up to this point, and you guys I just think have a lot more weapons on your in your starters than they do. Did uh, so I just saw a, I just saw, was watching NFL Network and Andrew Siciliano was talking to. Hassan Reddick, and he goes, it's like, hey, uh, so have you thought about what you're going to do when you have to play Kyler? Because Hassan Reddick used to be a Cardinal. It's like, have you thought about what you're going to do when you, you know, see Kyler? And he's like, no, I haven't really gotten that far. He's like, he's he's obviously a fast guy, and I just don't really know how to attack him, you know. Because, I mean, getting up to him is one thing, but as you saw, especially against the Raiders, actually tackling him is another thing. So, uh, Kyler Murray is definitely the biggest thing that scares me, but... I feel our, I really like our wide receiver matchup against them. And I like, you know, especially if they focus on the running game a little bit more, I really like Miles Sanders. You know, hopefully they're starting to see he's worth a little bit more. So I'm definitely feeling good about this game. I feel like I feel a little bit too good about the game, but I feel like we should win this one. Yeah, I'd, I'd think the same thing. Uh, they're Right now they're five-point favorites. So, but the other than that, I think that is it on the NFL, right? Yeah, for NFL. Uh, so to go over, you want to go to baseball next and talk about playoffs? Yeah. Well, actually, let's end with baseball. All right, so that's, that's playoffs and going the going to the ML or NHL then. Uh, the really so the Flyers finished off their. Flyers finished out their preseason games. They finished out 1-4-1. and one. Now, the one thing I do have to say about that is they did play a lot of young guys, and they didn't really play any uh, any older guys. Joel Farabee didn't make an appearance at all. Carter Hart didn't make an appearance at all. Cam Atkinson didn't make an appearance at all. So they had a lot of big players not make appearances. So I'm not too – the preseason I'm not too focused on. Uh, but – the one thing you did see is their trouble scoring. They didn't score a lot. They scored the highest amount they scored was three in the last preseason game. And 
there was no real, you know, you didn't see much. There was a shorthanded goal from Scott Lawton in the final game on a breakaway, but you didn't really see a lot of the star players scoring. So that makes me a little bit nervous, but the biggest thing I'm worried about is right now, as of right now, they have no goalies for opening day. Carter Hart and Sandstrom are both injured and still, you know, obviously they still have... So their first game isn't until next Friday, which means it's eight days away. So they have a little bit of, they have a little bit of leniency on time, but the the goalie situation does scare me a little bit, especially since Sandstrom looks like he's going to be the backup. It looks like they're going with a one A one B situation, and I wouldn't even say it's one A one B because Carter Hart will get a majority of the starts, but Sandstrom is, he's a he showed last season he can be a starting caliber goalie. So. Uh, they they trust Sandstrom now, and he looks like he's gonna be a decent backup. So I'm excited to see him. But as of right now, their their goalie situation is not ideal going into uh going into opening day. So your team situation isn't ideal. And I mean something else. I now I don't know how many people saw this, and this is one of the biggest worries for me that I just I just saw it a couple days ago, but. Cam York has been sent back down to the AHL, which is the biggest... Yeah, yeah, that's nerve-wracking for me. That's your first-round pick who you thought, you know, was going to be the future of your defense and put on that first line with Ivan Provorov, and now he's getting sent back down to the AHL, which means... Tortorella's just not seeing something in him. That's not a great sign, because at this point, you'd expect him, like, especially with this season... This is the season to play young guys, and if they're not even doing that, there's obviously something there, or in this case, something not there that I think should definitely. Now, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it's you know. I don't know if it's so much as you know, Tortorella doesn't trust him. I wonder if it's like a. Because he didn't play much in the NHL last season. He played maybe. I wouldn't even say the back half. I wouldn't even say the back. Fourth, like he was sporadic. Yeah, he he played he played a couple maybe like the last fifteen games of the season last season in the NHL. He still hasn't had his quote unquote rookie season yet. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I wouldn't say he was sporadic, but I want to I think he was brought in at the point where it didn't matter anymore, and so you know his play didn't matter as much. Now I don't think the Flyers are obviously you know going for a cup this season, but with that being said, I think. Torts, you know, wants to see him play NHL level talent first before just putting him into the NHL. Uh, the the people who are fighting for a defensive spot are Ronnie Adder, Kevin Connaughton, Nick Sealer, and Igor Zamula. The only thing that makes me a little bit nervous about York going back down is so Nick Sealer started out the season last season in the NHL. Kevin Connaughton. He's an older guy. He's a veteran. So if they were to start him, then I would agree with what I just said. But Ronnie Adder and Igor Zamula, both also young guys. So Igor Zamula is a bigger guy, though. So, I mean, maybe if he wants a more physical presence on the third line, maybe they pull up Igor Zamula. I mean, I don't really know Tortorella's thinking behind it. Once I think once he makes his decision on who's going to be up here, that'll give me a little bit more to work off of. But right now, I mean, I'm just kind of lost, especially since, you know, Cam York looked like he was going to be a lock for the NHL roster, and he gets sent yeah. back down. So that that makes me a little bit nervous about what you know what's going on it's with York, puzzling. and what Tortorella thinks of him. But that that also, I mean, 
So now for the maybe you know what would also be really interesting is maybe they know something about Ryan Ellis. Maybe Ryan Ellis is gonna make a. There hasn't been much said about him, but maybe Ryan Ellis will make a uh, make a comeback. And yeah, like sixty games in. Well, I'm. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's healthy, but because I know they were saying a it's lot. It's possible that, he's gonna be out for the season. It's I did. Yeah. But I mean, I. At this. It could be over. At this point, I'm trying to think of anything that makes sense because with Ryan Ellis, you were having trouble with who your three lines were gonna be. So if yeah. they're sending Cam York back down, maybe they got some good news about Ryan Ellis. I mean, the likelihood of that is very, 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 very it's low. Very low because but it's like it's been apparently getting grimmer, and there's been talks of he's going to miss the season total, and then it could affect his career. So I yes. don't think it's that, but I, I, I just I, that's that's why I said the likelihood is very hood low. Yeah. But I mean, looking at the just looking at this, there's not much information. And so as a fan, when you're looking at it, you know, you start going through all the possibilities in your head. So that makes that uh that just makes me think a little bit. Now, like I said, I don't think that's a good uh option, but you know, it just running through my head a little bit. Uh yeah, you're just throwing stuff out there. Other than that, I mean the the that's really all I have. The only other thing is uh I just I I heard this on something else. So the Flyers over under point total for the season is seventy three and a half points. So I I think they should hit the over. I uh, which but that's not the point that I'm getting at. So Montreal, who finished as the worst team in the NHL last season, their over under for point total seventy two and a half. But they have a lot of like exciting young guys, though. That's the thing. I I think that's why their point total is that. I think I'm just saying, like, just looking at it, I think that's a disrespectful point towards the Flyers. I mean, that's... Dude, you, you can't tell me... Okay, so, I mean, you can't... I'm, I'm going to pull up the, uh, the Canadians roster real quick just so that I can... I can back up what I'm saying here, but off the top of my head, I can't think of really much offense that they have. They made a bunch of trades in the offseason, though. So that's okay so i that's why i'm gonna pull up their roster real quick just so i can see who they have but i mean also they're uh everyone was talking about how they blew their they blew their first overall pick so i want to pull it up but i mean off the top of my head i don't think montreal looks that great now i could eat my words here in a sec after i get there after i get their thing up because i mean i did that with ottawa Ottawa, I was like, oh, I didn't like Ottawa. And then I saw they got Debrinket, Giroux, yeah, Stutzel. Really they're going to be nasty. No, but they got, like, Kirby Dog, Shane Monahan, Cole Caulfield. Nick I know Suzuki. the I, – I do like Cole Caulfield. Nick Suzuki is decent. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he's their new captain, I think. They gave him the captaincy? I think so. I need to look at but I could be just talking crap here. But. Oh, they they signed a, they also signed Jake Allen as their goalie. Yeah. So roster, they're also o five and one in their preseason. Like I said, preseason doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah, Nick Suzuki's their captain. Oh Nick! Oh, I thought you said Co Caulfield is their captain. And, my apologies. My, no, Nick Suzuki. Uh. No, but I think they have Jonathan Drew in. 
Brendan Gallagher, Mike Hoffman. Now, Brendan Gallagher, uh, he plays a... Brendan Gallagher, well, Travis Konechny reminds me a lot of Brendan Gallagher. They both are, like, they're smaller guys, but they play big games and, you know, like, try to get on people's nerves. Sean Monahan is a big pickup. Uh, Kirby Doc, he's a good pickup. Cedric Paquette, he's a solid pickup. Not a good pickup, you know, He's but he's decent. He's, he's won a couple cups. Uh... Yeah, I think if we're I think Nick Suzuki, I think it's fair to put these Drew in. put you, you these two teams at similar over under point totals because they're similarly built teams and they have um a decent like they have some younger guys and I think they're sort of built in the same way. I they think have, okay, so now looking at the roster, I think Montreal they have more experience. They have a lot of older guys like Evgeny Dadnov. They have Brennan Gallagher, Paul Byron, Joel Armia. I don't all know how. Their goalies are over thirty. So Mike Hoffman, he's another older guy. Uh, Cedric Paquette, he's twenty nine. How old is Dennis Savard? Dennis Savard, it, it's in his thirties, I think. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Jake Jake Allen's thirty two, and then Carey Price is thirty five. But uh, Dennis Savard if he comes back to the team. I don't know what. Remember, he was gone last season because of um, rehab. So I don't know what's going on with him. I'm not seeing Dennis Savard. He, he's in the defenseman. He's down there. Oh, he is. Savard. Oh, it's David Savard. It's oh yeah, yeah. Uh, thirty-one. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they do have a lot of older guys. So maybe that got played into it, but I'm I'm not quite sure. I mean that's just like it's just like. I don't know. I think uh, Mar Martin Saint Louis did a decent job coaching, though. Yeah. So, but. Oh, Carey Price retired. Oh, he did. Yeah. Congratulations, Carey Price. Love that goalie. Amazing. Uh, that cup. I was. I really wanted them to win that cup because I don't like the Lightning. But we did get that. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Game five, like you won the Stanley Cup. No, are you kidding me? Uh, but I don't know. I feel I feel the Flyers overall. I think looked better than the uh, than the Canadians. But I mean, that's just me personally. So that's why this look is better, like look better in terms of what like like roster. I was saying I was saying roster, which I um uh, well now that Ryan Ellis is gone, you have your whole goalie situation. And Seems like you are struggling to find that. That that so this was one goal score. I think it's fair to put them at similar levels. Yeah. Um. The there's one other thing. Oh, so I heard something about Tortorella. Tortorella obviously been in a. Uh, he's won a cup, taken multiple teams to the playoffs except for the Canucks. That was a one year stint. We're not going to talk about that. Now the one thing I do like about Tortorella is every every time he takes he takes over a team columbus st uh not st louis tampa took over tampa and the rangers all those years he struggles the first season but it's not a struggle like we just are terrible it's a struggle like we're taking down the team we're noting who needs to stay who needs to leave and we're making this team better for the next season and then the next season every time they make it to the playoffs so 
I'm it's possible for you guys to do that, but yes, I'm I'm really excited for Toro. Improvement from your rookies and like genuinely decent signings in the free agency. So I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited to see John Tortorella and what he does to this offense, just because. Yeah, I, th- I, I think it'll be a tough year because it's his system. Yes. I think it's, and coaching style is difficult to adjust to, but they I signed him. Could be interesting. They signed him before years for the future, and I mean that's yeah. what this team is focused on is the future. So I'm, I am really excited. I feel like uh, Owen Tippett's going to be good for his system. Uh, Travis Konechny is going to be really good for his system, which I'm excited about because personally I love Travis Konechny as a player. He is the definition of a Philadelphia forward. He's a smaller guy, but he is so he plays a gritty game and gets in people's gritty. ears. And yeah, that was a semi purposeful pun but he plays a gritty game have you seen the mic'd ups with travis konechny i have not you need to you need to watch the winter class not the winter classic the uh the stadium series against the penguins mic'd up moments there's one moment where he is yelling across the ice to uh evgeny malkin about his ear his ear cuffs oh it is so funny but just the way travis konechny plays i think he's gonna fit it really well uh I feel like Ivan Provorov is that workhorse of a defenseman that he always has, uh, Torts always has. So I'm really excited to see what he does in the future with the Flyers. I think this will be a semi-rough year. But I do take that over on the point totals, even if, you know, it's kind of disrespectful that they're putting him with Montreal. No, I think it's it's fair to put him at the same level. But before I talk about the Caps, have you seen the Kraken's new mascot? Yes, the, like, troll-looking thing. Yeah. The- I think it's Bowie. It looks like Bowie. Yeah. It's B U O Y. I don't know how to pronounce that, but the Seattle. I think they. This is a weird looking mascot. Yeah. I'm personally not feeling it, but it's it's really strange. Dude, looking. like, I People I get. Think it may be the ugliest mascot of all time. I get why they didn't do it because who I think it's no, it's not Montreal. I think it's the Canadians who have the same mascot. But dude, you got to do an octopus. You're the Kraken. Like, that was actually the Red Wings. They actually sold the original one, but yeah, they should yeah, have just... Yeah, that's, I, I said I don't like think it's Montreal. Wings. I think it's the Red Wings. Yeah, I, like the old Red Wings do. Just do that. Understand you have to do it for the kids. At least try and make it similar to the Kraken, but like a sea troll. Really? The, like the... Like a, okay, the Flyers, they don't have a thing that you really are focusing. Like, there's nothing to connect to. The Kraken is the giant squid. Yeah, like, you gotta go with an octopus there. I think that's a r- missed opportunity. Yeah, but they did a troll with, like, some, like, slick back hair sometimes. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of those like little trolls that like used to be big my dad has one it's a little eagles troll it's wearing an eagle shirt and it has green long hair like that's what it reminds me of it, um i need to look this up but it they kind of remind me of the trolls from frozen like the stone ones oh yeah reason. yeah i know what you're it talking about reminds me of that. i don't know what they were thinking but people are crapping all over it i mean it it's kind of like interesting look on social media about it but it is not getting a great reception. Yeah, I, I think I don't really like it personally. But going on to the Caps, um, we've actually looked somewhat decent the preseason. Apparently, the guys, like the guys we brought in, are bringing a different vibe to the locker room. That's really good. There's a different feeling. Um, we beat a decent young Red Wings team. Yes, it is preseason, but Darcy Kemper had 31 saves against 33 shots. Decent goaltending. Um, 
overall we're three and one. I'm I'm pretty excited about the season. TJ Oshie did leave the game with an upper body injury, but it's day to day, nothing to worry about. He'll be back. He'll be ready for the season opener against the Bruins next Wednesday. Yeah, so yeah, I'm excited for the Cavs. I think there's a possibility we have a decent year if Strom and Connor Brown really go into their own, as well as we need to see an upgrade from Anthony Mant this season. So I think we could get back to losing in the second round. <laughs> like these old trolls, I'm sure the, um, you know, the older demographic who listens to this will remember what I'm talking about. But it's like the little toy trolls from back in the 80s and the uh, 90s. Yeah, I, I don't remember those names, but yeah. Yes, I, I don't remember. I just looked up toy trolls uh, to find them, but I need to, I need to find those names. Cause... But yeah, I mean those, those were just uh, that's what it reminds me of. Is Good one of those trolls things. Trolls are gonk trolls. Uh, maybe. Oh, the frozen trolls. Yeah, those are the gonk trolls. Yeah, no, that like the troll dolls. I looked up trying to find the name. I know there's a specific name, but yeah, it does remind me of that. So, but that's really all I have for the NHL. The season starts next next week. I think it's next Wednesday. It's the first Wednesday. Yeah. Week. First. Uh, but, uh, other than that, you ready to get into some? playoff baseball yes i am I'm first to see the phillies lose first i wanted to mention real quick our friends at bomb burger food truck you know they're now taking the new uh or taking a new step towards their their business two friends that we went to school with all through from elementary school all the way until we graduated high school uh, I've worked with one of them previously. Two really good guys. Two guys our age, you know, working hard, uh, college-age students. So uh, they have great burgers. And I'm personally a big fan of the Bomb Burger, but that's their most popular burger. They've changed up their schedule a little bit, and they post all their stuff on Instagram. So if you guys want to check out their stuff and where they're going to be, it's all on Instagram. Uh, but they cater they go to different events. They go to a lot of wineries, breweries, uh, different farm stands, stuff like that. So if you guys see them roaming around loud, and go ahead and check them out. They're really, they have really good food. Uh, definitely somewhere that I would check out. So I will actually tell for this month, for for about the next week, October seventh through 9th, they're at the Waterford Fair. October fourteenth through sixteenth. They're at the Luckett's Fall Market on the 14th. They're there from 1230 to 5. And on the 15th and the 16th, they're there from 10 to 5. And the 21st through the 23rd and the 28th through the 30th, they're open for booking. So, you know, check them out. Go uh, go check out their food and follow them on Instagram and Facebook, both at Bomberger Bomb Food Truck, to see where they're going. The So, going into the MLB... We the Phillies made it. We we were actually first off. Do you want to give us your closing thoughts on the national season before we go into the playoffs? Overall, pretty bad, but um, I think it kind of sort of ended on a good note because obviously Manassas was looking like one of the hottest hitters in baseball. I'll the stats later, but C.J. Abrams was having a very good. Um, end of the season he was looking like a hot hitter and i think some of our the other guys were actually looking good in the minors so um 
it wasn't obviously ideal, but we're starting to see some improvement. Um, the only like young guy we need to start seeing real improvement by and start putting more pressure on him is Josiah Gray, but I hope he can see that and we're going to be seeing Mackenzie Gore next season, so obviously we were one of the worst, but there's some bright side to it. Now, going over to the playoffs, despite, you know, the... Uh, Despite the little freak out there at the end, because I mean they they were really pushing it, they were getting nervous, but getting close. They they did hold out and they ended up making the playoffs, and they did it in good fashion too. Because in their the game that they clinched with, they beat Houston three to one in Houston, and Nola pitched six perfect innings. So he went in and he pitched a great game. Uh, he d was not happy when they pulled him, uh, but. He went in, pitched a great game. The offense supported him, which is something that they don't usually do. And I wouldn't even really say they supported him. They only gave him three runs. But that, that was enough to win the game, which is all that mattered. So, And with the season with the tying season record over both Milwaukee and San Diego, they could do whatever they wanted after that game. And no matter what, they were making the playoffs. So they ended up clinching a little bit earlier than everyone thought. Uh and on their last two games, you know, they kind of let their people rest just so I think it was a mix of, you know, wanting to play St. Louis and actually letting their players rest so that they could have their best players out there. So it's going to be Wheeler and Nola for the first two games against St. Louis, all three games in St. Louis. It's a best of three Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'm feeling a lot better about playing St. Louis than I am about playing the Mets or the Braves. Is this going to be yeah, a... I still think it's going to be a very difficult series. To oh, win. yeah, so do I. It's the playoffs. I mean, it's playoff baseball. You yeah, should expect that. Obviously, like, it's going to be Yachty, Yachty's last year, Pujols' last year. So they're and I think, it's, uh, I think it's Wainwright's last year, too. Yeah, they're going to be motivated to do something, and obviously they have probably the top two in NL MVP voting and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. So it's it's... You got you got some tough. They have a potent. They have a very potent offense. Yes, and their pitchers are decent. They're, I do like the Phillies matchup against the pitchers of St. Louis than against the pitchers of the Braves or the Mets or anyone else. So the Mets, especially, that's going to be a nightmare. For yeah, uh, I feel bad for the Padres, and I, I don't. I well, I certainly don't. Well, oh yeah, you lost Juan Soto, and so and I just think. How would you feel? Would you would you be mad if Juan Soto went on to win another pennant with uh, the Padres? Well, no, because the only way that's going to happen is in MLB The Show. <laughs> yeah, they're just, uh, I just... I mean, we saw, like, I don't think they're going to be good enough to beat the Mets because if you're looking at the pitching, Max Scherzer and Jake DeGrom on a back-to-back... I mean, hey, you did see at the end of the season they choked it. They got swept by the Braves when it came down to the wire yeah, for the I think for the NL East. Now, is the now is winning your division that big of a deal? Not really. Not, but not really. Uh, especially at this point in time, it wasn't really a big deal. But yeah, they're in it. And but if we're looking at like against the Padres, like Juan Soto is not really hitting that well. The, um, Josh Bell wasn't the only decent hitter, like you could say, who was somewhat hot was Manny Machado. 
so uh but i do feel comfortable about playing st louis way more comfortable about playing st louis and i like dude nola i mean he had a little bit of trouble in september uh I, and this is going to be his first time pitching in october i mean it's interesting to see uh what he'll do in october and you know making it a little bit past because in his history he has struggled in september quite a bit so at the start of the season you know he was putting he was putting people away like nobody's business looking like a potential cy young candidate with zach wheeler th those two were looking dangerous zach wheeler went out for a bit Aaron Nola would just fell off in September. So this is their first time pitching in October, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they can do. I'm worried, I'm worried about your offense, though. Cause... Yeah, the offense is probably what I'm worried about just because the fact that they've been struggling. But Kyle Schwarber had two two-home run games in three in three games, three calendar days. So it's, that's, gonna, that's something you probably shouldn't count on in terms of your main and offense. And I'm, I'm a – yeah, because, I mean, they – the people, so he hit two, I think it was two against the Nationals and two against the Astros. Now the Astros, obviously their pitching is way better than the Nationals, but I mean still, two, having a two home run game is a feat in itself. Then having two in three games, that's impressive also. So I'm not counting solely on that. You obviously need to see Harper step up. Uh, Brandon Marsh has been a solid addition, as you've seen. Um Schwarber needs to continue his hot streak. Reese Hoskins needs to step up a little bit more. So it is a matter of the offense performing. But, uh, yes, the I'd say going into the playoffs, from what we've seen this month I, recently, I would say the offense is more of a worry than the pitching, which is something that I never thought which I'd say. That's strange to say. Yeah, I never thought I'd say that coming from a Philadelphia standpoint because it's usually their uh, – their pitching that is the their bullpen pitching that is the yeah, that's typically their Achilles heel. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here, and I'm going to say the Phillies win in three. Um, I have the Cardinals in three. I I do. I mean, the Phillies. That I'm not going to say this is their you know Cinderella run. Like I don't think they're going to have a Cinderella run like the Braves did last season, but. I think this is a step forward towards the future because Schwarber signed for four years. Castellanos is signed for five years. Harper's still around for another eight, nine ten, years. I, I don't think it's 10. I think it's still eight or nine. I think it's eight or nine, which I mean, that's still a long time. Yeah. He, he's locked in for a while. Uh, then Brandon Marsh, he's locked in for another like six or seven years. Really the only person that's going away relatively soon is reese hoskins and gene segura i think uh real muto is here for another three or four years so they have everyone locked in for a while so i think this is a step towards the future because playing in the playoffs is a different animal than playing in the regular season so if you can go in and just get a little bit of experience against whoever it's it's a different energy it's a different atmosphere so this is just big for the progress of the organization. Because, I mean, like I said, Nola has never pitched in October. I don't think Zach Wheeler has ever pitched in October. Uh, if they go to a third game, you're probably we're probably going to see Ranger Suarez, another player who has never pitched in October. So this is these are big games for uh, for these players to, you know, get under their belt. 
So I'm excited. It's, I'm excited to see it. One reason I'm taking the Cardinals is they have the experience of the guys who've been there, done that, and they also have hung, younger, hungrier guys like. Arenado, I don't know. I don't know. The Phillies haven't been to the playoffs in eleven years. I don't know how much hungrier you get than that. They're they're tied or they were the second longest drought along with the Mariners. Two teams that had the longest MLB playoff droughts both made yeah, the playoffs this the season. The Phillies. Guys, but um I think the Cardinals are hungry as well, and I just think if we're looking at it up and down, I just don't trust I don't think the Phillies have had a good run in terms of offense, and it's obviously it's going to be difficult for your pitching to do decent against the pretty good bats of the Cardinals. And they just have the experience as well as the young talent. So I think, I mean, the Cardinals, they're going to be a challenge for any team. Um, at the end of the day, it is a three-game season, so anything could possibly happen, but I, just, I have to lean more towards the Cardinals. So... The Phillies are probably gonna win. Saying that, I, 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 uh, it is gonna be nerve wracking. I plan on watching all the games and being locked because the last time, so the last time they went to the playoffs, I wasn't really that into baseball. The last time, yet, yeah, uh, the last time they won a won a world uh, World Series, I was barely I was barely old enough to you know comprehend what was happening. So. It, and I started watching in 2009. When, can you remind me what happened in 2009? No, I, I don't think I can. So, I mean, this is this is just something, you know, this is another thing that I'm kind of new to. I mean, so I'm I'm really excited to uh, see the Phillies finally make a push for the playoffs. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm used to the both pain and elation playoff baseball can give you because the Nats, we've seen it all. I mean, you guys won a World Series. Yeah, but before that was choke after choke after choke. That like the the Cubs series especially so that was that was tough. Uh, as Nikki Six once said, you can't breathe until you choke. So, I mean, yeah, as the, the as the Nats, and the Nats took that to heart. So yeah, so did the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, so it it will be an interesting series. I'm really excited to watch it. Uh, is there oh and then. Obviously, I think the last thing we have to touch on is the Aaron Judge, you know, Yankees single-season record. record. Yes, he um, ended with 62. Yeah, 62. He was 62. What an amazing season in terms of, just in general, in terms of milestones. Miguel Cabrera hit his 3,000 hit. Albert Pujols hit a 700 hit. 700th home run, which only three other men have done and Aaron Judge hit over 60 home runs which is something only like five or six men have ever done so that is that is an insane insane thing to think about he should be the MVP he didn't quite get the um, the triple crown he only missed out on average but he had an absolutely ludicrous season 62 homers hitting 311 with 131 RBIs 133 runs, uh, 11, 1100 OPS. That is utterly ridiculous. Um, if that's not the definition or the what should be a contract year, then I don't know what is. So, uh, Aaron Judge hit the home run in Globe Life Field, which opened. That's the new stadium for the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers 
uh, that stadium has already hosted four monumental notes in history. Aaron Judge breaks the AL single-season home run record, mm-hmm. as we just saw. Dodgers won the World Series there. Joe Musgrove threw his first no-hitter in Padres history. And Corey Kluber threw a no-hitter. Of course, none of these, though, happened for the Rangers. No. And they <laughs> so, won't for a little bit. Yeah, so uh, that's that's a little rough for... Um... Rangers oh. fans have had it a little rough. Yeah, so... I, that's a little brutal for uh, Texas Rangers fans, but yeah, I mean, congrats to Aaron Judge. That is absolutely insane. Yeah. Some of the, it's just you know what you know what blows my mind is just his swing looks so natural and so crisp. Like when you see it happen, like just everything go through, it looks it looks beautiful. Like it just looks natural. Back on like chasing pitches, um, which is huge for a big hitter like him. Had 111 walks, he strikeouts, but that's big. I mean, if you were watching like his chase to 60 and 61, he was still hitting good. He was laying off the outside pitches that he previously would have swung at that looked enticing to batters, but they'll never be able to really get to. So yeah, it, he's shown massive improvement. Beautiful swing, not as pretty as say Griffey's, but still a very pretty swing and. I'm interested to see what the Yankees do in the postseason. Because I think um, they'll be playing the winner of the Guardians and the Rays. I think they have a pretty good chance of beating both of those teams. I think uh, it's, it's going to be hard in the ALCS. I think if history repeats itself like you know, like it does quite a bit in baseball, Yankees will lose in the second round and so will the Dodgers. <laughs> well, what should be what should be the what should be the World Series matchup? will probably not be the uh, World Series matchup. So, I think it's going to be the Phillies and <laughs> Phillies and the Mariners. You, need to wake up you know you know what would be the greatest World Series for the season? The Phillies and the Mariners. The two teams with the longest MLB droughts going to the World Series to battle it out. That would be the best World Series. The best to who? Uh the Phillies and yeah, Mariners. Yeah, I mean not that Seattle's really a big uh a big a big market, but I mean Philadelphia I mean, still is. Philadelphia was ranked fifth this past season. I mean, he, he I, that I, probably there's a conversation to be had, but skipping past that, um, it would be cool to see like the Mariners or the Jays to make a deep run, but um, you just I'm don't want to say it would be cool to see the Phillies make a deep run. Well, <laughs> Duh. I mean, y'all are insufferable Dude, as Dude, you're you you only win. you only have one cho- you have no one to in- except for maybe St. Louis. That's your only team that you can really root for in the playoffs. Because the Mets and I'm the Braves. Fan. What are you talking about? Okay, but I'm talking NL. Like, who do you? The only team you can root for to go to the World Series in the NL is the Cardinals because the you have the, Re- I mean, the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, all NL East. Then you have the Dodgers. I just don't care about. I don't really care about that, but I just wouldn't want the Padres, the Dodgers, or the Phillies. I, if I were in your yeah, shoes, I would AL, say the I only. I don't want the Astros to win, but I have a very bad feeling they're going to the World Series. Yeah. Uh, so that all you got for baseball? I mean, that's really all I have left. 
the that's all that's all I got. Um, at some point in the near future, we're gonna predict like we did last season all the major award winners. So look out yes. for that. Um, but other than that, I think we are gonna close it off there. So, uh, with that, you guys, we have all of our stuff on the side here or other side over here. Uh, we have all of our stuff, our Instagram, our TikTok, email. It's the other side. So for yeah, that side. All on this side. So if you guys want to check that stuff out, uh, Instagram and TikTok at BL in the DC. The email at BL in the DC at gmail.com. If you want to DM us questions, comments, email us questions and comments, all that good stuff. Uh, you guys can check out the podcast on wherever you get your podcast stuff. And you can at, rate and review us on Spotify and Apple. And with that, we are going to end off there. So we will see you guys next week. See you later.